Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is in between Christmas Eve services. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, to be clear, we are literally taping this in between the services. We totally are. Because it happens to fall on the day that we typically tape. Yep. And I gave you the option, and you said, if it isn't ready by now, it's not going to be ready. <laughs> it's so So totally I will true. totally tape a podcast on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so here we are. And we didn't do it beforehand. No. Because before Christmas Eve... Was oh, the prep work is still outstanding. I barely made yeah. it to the service at 5.30 myself. <laughs> it was all the check the lighting and is the sun gone down enough that we can check the lighting yep. for real and make sure that the sparkly fabric was sparkly enough to create the star effect for the kids and yep. are the candles stuffed in the candle holders between services... All of that is done. Yeah, I am keeping you from eating, but otherwise, (laughs) it's pretty chill. It is. And most folks have uh, vacated. There are a couple of folks who are still downstairs. stragglers. That was Mm going to be my question. Now, the early service, for a bit of clarity, is a 530 service. Yes. I know some will do a 3 o'clock for kids' purposes, and then you're not running into supper time or anything like that. Right. But this one is 5.30, and the second one is? 11. 11. Now, you sort of answered one of my questions is, do you stuff all the candles beforehand, or are you feverishly trying to replenish them in between (laughs) the services for the evening? We reuse the same candles because they aren't lit for that long. In fact, we reuse them from year to year. Okay. And, you know, it's fine with that. We've got plenty. And actually, it's easier to light them. When they've been lit before? Well, yeah, but I'm going to tell you straight up. There are a lot of people, and by people I mean kids, who are fussy (laughs) enough that they want the never lit candle. They exist. They do exist. In the baskets, yes. You might have to hunt for them, but they're there. But they are certainly there. Right now they're under the layer that were turned in at the end of the 530 service. Oh, yeah. So if you really want one at the late service, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you got to dig. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now, does the service change at all, the early to late, or is this a lot like... When you're doing a play and you just have night after night of the same thing? I think it depends upon congregation. For here at Central, it doesn't necessarily change. Now, historically, the major changes have been the special music has been a little bit different. Oh, sure. But this year, Martin challenged our choir to be present at both services. Yeah, they've been present at both services for a couple of them because I've had the privilege to come. (laughs) My husband is in the choir, so I've been to both services for a while. Yeah. So the first congregation that I did the full whole shebang with was in 2001, and they had four services on Christmas Eve. Each one had a different theme. That's insane. So, like, one was a kid service, and one was a Celtic service, and one was a blue Christmas service, and one was a traditional service. Okay. And lots of congregations around the country do multiple services like that. There are some that start at, like, 10 a.m. and run services every two hours all the way up to midnight. Well, that strikes me as more of a Catholic model because I remember not so much for Christmas, but I remember for Ash Wednesday, Mm -hmm. you could pretty much get ashes on the hour, possibly even the half an hour. Sure. But that's a lot to change it up. It's a ton, right? So here, our actual order of service remains the same. Okay. And I do the same sermon. I mean, relatively, given that I'm not manuscripted. Okay. So 
I'm not sure if in years past I've manuscripted my Christmas sermons or not. I definitely did for many years, but since my doctoral program. So I'm not manuscripted tonight, which means that whatever comes out at the second service could be completely different. Mm -hmm. Yay! It's great. <laughs> do, do you do the children's sermon the second time around? I hope so, because that's my favorite part of the night this time. Yeah. So I kind of this year felt like if I could just get rid of the adult sermon and have everybody do the children's sermon this year, I would that be totally healthy. <laughs> right? That would have been pretty good. I would have been up for that. But unfortunately, I had to do some babbling, and hopefully it was interesting enough. The challenge on Christmas Eve preaching is that what people really want is to come in and sing some carols yep. and then light their candle and sing Silent Night and Go Home. Yep. And I also know that this might be one of two times that I get to tell people that God loves them Yep. in the year. And so there's a responsibility like I could just chuck the sermon completely. And wow, would it make my life so much easier on Christmas Eve. Do you shorten it? I tried. Okay. I don't know if I succeeded. Because <laughs> again, no manuscript. Sure. But I do try to keep it shorter. I let the children's sermon take as much time as it needed. Uh -huh. And the kids, because what I did this time is I had them lay down. So the kids were like totally chill. Yeah, they were. And because they were chilled out, probably because they weren't looking at the adults, I let that take a little more time. Yeah. And I oh, was okay with that. it's intimidating to be up there and look back at a bunch of adults. Yeah. I need to find a way to like reorient the children's sermon it's sure. hard because of the stairs are so inviting to sit on mm -hmm. and it's hard to not sit on the stairs but anyway hopefully the sermon has a nugget of something i don't want to like go down a rabbit hole of this esoteric historical fact but at the same time I don't want to just stand up there and say, Jesus was born and you are loved. Amen. Let's go to silence. Because if it's the only meal I'm serving someone all year long, I do like gotta want something in it. Mac and cheese is fine. Maybe once every six months for my people. If I only get to feed you once a year, I want to give you something good. Yeah. Do you like having your services spread out this much or would you prefer them to be more back to back? Bing, bang, boom, get it done. Historically, they've been a little bit closer in my other congregations, but I don't mind this long of time. What I love is getting to have a midnight mass. Yeah. I love, love, love my favorite service of the year is the 11 p.m. Christmas I'm going to tell service. you that for many years, having grown up Catholic, we mocked endlessly <laughs> the midnight mass at 10 o'clock. I know, because right? Because there's just, you can't. Right. But so, yeah, thank you for calling it just the 11 p.m. I know. It's not at, it ends at midnight. It does end at midnight. Yeah. We're in the city, right? So you always hear traffic outside of our sanctuary. And because it's always there, you don't notice it. Sure. But when it's not there, the sanctuary feels so quiet. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is part of the power of the late service, mm -hmm. is just how quiet it is in the room and how still it feels it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. I love it. Excellent. And I'm wide awake because I, as I have said many times, I'm not a morning person. No, you're a night owl. So I am a night owl and I'm just coming into my prime hours right about now. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so it's the one night a year where everybody meets me where I like to be. So <laughs> is it like a all day long, like you're going to the prom, you got to prep? 
You <laughs> make sure you stay hydrated and you eat certain things to make sure that your energy level is at a certain place. Oh, or man. is it just winging it? I should. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. I really should. I blew that this year. Oh, I no. have had one caramel latte this morning and a bagel. And I ate that at like noon. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So I'm a little hungry and I'm pretty thirsty. <laughs> I made this pot of tea at like three. Hey, and it's still you good. Know, it's still good because I have an awesome tea kettle that keeps it warm. But I think I drank a cup of it. So yeah, I'm definitely dehydrated and definitely hungry. I could really do better on putting on my game face. Yeah. But, you know, working on it. Growing edges. Exactly. Growing edges. This year, I had some sparkly fabric to check. And it was more important for me to make sure that the sparkly fabric would look like stars. Priorities. Than it was for me to eat the hummus and chicken that's sitting on my desk. Okay, it'll be there. Which is going to lead me into my next one. We're straddling a meal here yeah. between these services. Is it something where you do the... I go out and have Chinese food on Christmas <laughs> Eve. Do you bring food in? Is it a potluck or does it change every year? It changes a bit each year, but my favorite part, and this was from way back in that 2001, in between a couple of the services when there was actually time to breathe, yep. they had like three services back to back to back to back. And then there was about an hour and a half of stillness. Mm -hmm. And myself and the two pastors sat in the senior pastor's office and ate Christmas cookies and drank wine. <laughs> and it was... Who would be useless for the final service after that? <laughs> it was glorious. It was so awesome. And so since then, recognizing that, like, I only celebrated Christmas with church involved in it for about three years before 2001. Oh, right? wow. Because I was baptized in 97. So 97 was my first Christmas going to Christmas Eve services. Oh, man, I have been dragged to Christmas services my entire <laughs> life. And when I was younger, it was always the earlier service because okay. kids get cranky. They do. They do. Although some come at 11 in their PJs and it's awesome. Yeah, that was never me as yeah, a kid. Fair. And then this is where the mocking of the Midnight Mass at 10 comes from <laughs> because by the time we all got old enough, that's the one that yeah. my father preferred to go to. Yeah. So I had only been to like two or three years and I would go to the 11 o'clock service mm -hmm. and then I was part of leading it. And it was a wonderful kind of space in between time. And it felt so precious. And so in my ministry, in the years since then, I've intentionally taken this time and done some, like I would make a really nice meal. Yeah. I used to make lamb stew. Wow. And have lamb stew in between services with the other presiders and the other families and that kind of thing. Some years it's more folks than other years, and some folks it's simpler foods. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were trading it around the staff as to who was making the food. Mm -hmm. This year, there's potato soup in the crock pot. The cream cheese went in right before we went up to record. Nice. So it's on its way to almost done, and there will be about six or seven of us in between services to sit around and eat and be still. And then a couple of hours of just hanging out. Yeah. I brought some fiber to spin. Nice. But the newsletter is finished and a couple copies available for guests and the annual report, we finished that this morning. Nice. So we'll be printing that on Thursday. And so it's actual downtime. Nice. There's no 
taking notes from what went well and what went poorly kind of thing? We'll talk about, since staff is going to be at the meal, Mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that and kind of tweak. Silent Night went real fast at the first service, so we're going to try and slow that down for the second service. But beyond that, I think, you know, we might check in here and there on a couple of pieces. The sound equipment was a little, okay, it was very... (laughs) Uh, sensitive tonight so we're going to do some more sound checking and we're going to do some more playing with the microphones but sure so there is some work a little bit here and there but really and you know going through the pews and making sure things are stocked and making sure that the bulletins are ready but all of that stuff like as I'm naming it it seems like it's a lot of stuff but we do that before every service so it's not anything that's that stressful or that you know odd so it'll be pretty chill the hours between like 8.30 or 9 o'clock to 10.15, it's just quiet. It's wonderful. sounds delightful. I'll kick my shoes off and put on some slippers. Nice. (laughs) In addition to any changes you might make from service to service each year, do you anytime sit down and jot down, well, this seems to be going well, and I get a lot of positive feedback from this particular aspect? Do you make any notes and changes about that? In between your services? Not necessarily in between. After services, we might make notes. Like last year, we made notes to check on our stock of candle holders. Oh, sure. Because I didn't find the secondary bag of candle holders last year. So we had half as many candles as we did this year. Oh, that's not good. And so we put a note. We have a file in the office that is like a perpetual file. Uh So we put a note for February or March and just put it in that month to check on candle holders and candle supplies and all of that to get it ordered either before the summer hits when shipping candles is hard sure, or right at the beginning of winter. So we had a buffer time and that's when we found the second bag. Nice. When we looked for it this year. Yay. Happy second bag. Right. So those kinds of things we certainly do mark down, but most of the time, There's not a lot of feedback on these services. No? Oh, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Do you try to keep it the same more or less year to year, knowing that you're going to get a certain subset that only come? Do you try to keep it the same for them so they feel like it's comfort food, or do you try to mix it up a little bit? That's a great question. I... I struggle with that. Okay. Because I feel like maybe we should do something different, because these folks don't get here very often. But... At the same time, people don't want different on Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. Like they want familiar on Christmas and Easter because everybody's anxiety is already up because of presents and family and activities. And, you know, we're worried about getting candles stuffed in candle holders. They're worried about actually getting their kids to bed and getting anything more than three hours of sleep. Right. So people don't necessarily want new and different. So we we allow it to remain pretty consistent and... We can change it. This year we made a couple of changes. Yeah. And we will reflect on how those changes went. Does it get boring if you don't change it, though? Oh, no. We're Lutheran. We (laughs) like patterns. (laughs) I mean, at least I do. Yeah. I like tradition. I mean, I'm a liturgical person, right? I like the liturgy. Yeah. So it does it for me. I would probably, I would surrender the sermon I don't think I would surrender communion. And that's one of the pieces that some congregations don't do communion on Christmas Eve. Oh, sure. But frankly, our Constitution says 
that to remain a member, you need to give a gift of record and receive communion once every other year. Oh, wow. And if this is the only time of year that you're coming, I need to give you communion. Sure. No, so that makes you perfect can sense. maintain your voting membership. And that means you're going to do it at both services, too. I do it at both services. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay, here's a nerdy little question uh-huh. for those of us maybe wondering... It's okay to take communion at both services. You can take communion every hour. There's on no the hour. limit to nope. how many you can have There's a day. There's no limit to Jesus. You get as much Jesus as you want. You can come through the line three times, and I will not bat an <laughs> eyelash. <laughs> Truly excellent. You might yeah. get a little side eye from some other people, not but in this no, place, probably not, not here. No. It's totally fine. And people have asked that many, many times, especially assisting ministers and others. Like, sure. is it okay for me to take it twice? Is it normal? And yeah, totally. I will take it at every service I serve. Go for it. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question because yep. you got things to do, even I, if it's just relaxing. Even if it's just eating. Exactly. I, sh- I should eat something. You really should. So my last question is an easy one. Which is your preference, the early or the late service? Oh, I don't think that is an easy question anymore. The early service here has grown substantially while I've been here. And I would say it's about 70% out-of-town visitors okay, in attendance and people who are here visiting family and that kind of a thing. And a lot of our members are actually out and about across the country visiting grandparents and sure. family and all of that. So there are a lot of visitors at our 530 and we have a lot of our kids that come at 5.30. Yeah, you do. So it we probably to be a had, rowdier service, just yeah, from the number of people. We probably had, what, 20 kids mm-hmm. up front today with us? And that's super fun. You know, it's fun to have a full downstairs sanctuary. It's fun to have kids that I haven't necessarily seen all year. And it's f- super fun to see the college kids back. Yep. And to see their parents so happy to have their kids back. <laughs> sure. It's really wonderful. It warms my heart deeply to have those moments of connection. So for that purpose, I love the 530. And for the purpose of the stillness and the quiet and all my nerves and anxiety about getting things right and doing it well, especially when it comes to preaching, because preaching without a manuscript is terribly difficult. I bet. And nerve-wracking and so to have done it once and for the world to have not ended it's kind of okay sure to relax a little bit and I can be a little more calm going into the 11 so for my own worship and my own participation in recognizing God with us and not just that it's Christmas Eve and I get to open presents tomorrow but like God cared enough to become a human and change the world to sit and recognize that I get that at the 11 excellent I'm a Lutheran I went both hand (laughs) wonderful I expect nothing less (laughs) well thank you Pastor Amanda for taking the time to help us learn a little more about what it's like between services on Christmas Eve I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic as do I and thank you all for joining us in this in-between space on Christmas Eve I trust and hope that your Christmases have been holy. If there have been touched by sadness, please, you are welcome to contact us. I would be happy to keep you in prayer. You can reach out at pastor at centralportland.org. You can always reach us on Facebook or reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember... 
God loves you no matter what.